Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Thanksgiving week edition. Brandon Bainey joined by our Treasure Valley resident and expert, Logan Green. LG, what's up? Hey, Brandon. My my voice, I think, is excited for a break. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's just been so worn out the last uh, few weeks doing so many uh, state playoff games, but it's crazy. We're all wrapped up and done and ready to turn the page here to basketball fully. Yeah, uh, basketball season has already started on the girls' side, and we will go over a couple of early girls' season results. But big news is, uh, we talked about it last week, all of our girls' basketball previews were being put up on the site. They're all up there now, and they are smack dab at the top of the homepage, idahosports.com. You can't miss it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's right there. It's staring right at you when you click. So we've got conference previews for every conference around the state, complete with players to watch, coaches' comments, and the teams that are expected to compete and move on to state. So every conference, every classification throughout the state of Idaho, it's all right on the homepage at idahosports.com. Logan, you can do some holiday reading in between seconds and thirds at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, what else do you have to do? Right, well, you're like me. You're going to be tuned into College Hoops, I'm sure, nonstop yeah i will be watching some some college basketball so should be fun i mean hey the uh the fcs playoffs are are uh kicking off as well this week me and brandon we, we get to take the week off you know that the first round stuff we don't do that our teams get biased so what if what if it's vandals grizz in the national championship yeah, that would be epic. Hey, I'll tell you this much. Um, because of the way they set the bracket up, like with the first round matchups have to be kind of geographically based. Basically, mm -hmm. what ended up happening is the left side of the bracket has kind of all of the uh, subpar teams from the east. And then the, the right side of the bracket is loaded with all the like quality yep. programs from the west. Idaho snuck into that left side of the bracket. So I know. I think even though they've got the number one overall seed, South Dakota State, which is no, no doubt that'll be tough. Yeah. Um, every, everything else looks really easy to me there. I, I agree. I mean, I'm like, you look at, uh, I know you shouldn't look into the future, but you look and you say, Albany is our next choice. Like I didn't know the great Danes even played football. Um, so I, I, I like the, I like our chances there. Um, uh, but Hey, you never know. Jason Eck was a, an assistant at South Dakota state for a long time. So maybe he's got some, uh, insider information there that uh, he can use to, to bring the Vandals home. Yeah, it'll be really interesting for sure. Of course, the Vandals won the Battle of the Domes on Saturday over Idaho State, and now uh, the number four overall seed into the postseason. And meanwhile, the sky the sky is falling for BSU fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Must uh, I don't even know what their life's like. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not a Boise State fan. So, um, okay, did you see that Coach Hawkins at ISU was like, well, you know, Holt Arena is is far superior than the Kibbe Dome. I saw. Did that. you see? the vandals uh social media team made this uh this meme about it they put that quote above it on twitter and then they made the the picture of you know michael jordan from the uh the last dance documentary and uh it's he has joe vandal's head and it says and i took that personally and uh and it had the half and they put it up right after the halftime post where it was 56 to zero it was I thought it was really funny. Uh, sorry, ISU fans, but uh, that, that, that gave me a good chuckle. 
That's funny. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um he did take it personally. They took it out on ISU. Yeah. But, I mean, since ISU was on the road, you know, there was four championships there at Holt Arena, which all joking aside, is is extremely nice. The upgrades. It is uh it's awesome. Uh the seats are nice, comfortable. Uh the, you know, the 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 modern folding seats, which I do think is better than the bleachers that you get at the Kibbe Dome. So, and it's much better than those bucket seats that they used to have there. Uh, so much improved. And I tell you, even both, both nights this weekend were, uh, had a lot of people, obviously the 5A and 3A game was the 5A game was almost full uh, for the whole thing. But even the night before uh, both teams, Westside, Declo, Butte County and Oakley all brought a ton of fans. It was a great environment, at least in the Kibbe Dome or in Holt Arena. I don't know how it was up at Kibbe, uh, but for, for our games, it was great. It was a great environment for both of them. Yeah, so Logan was at all the games at Holt Arena this past weekend. I was at the the championship game in, in the Kibbe Dome. Now, smallest level, Kendrick and Camas County. So yeah. It wasn't like you know thousands of people, but the, the fans that were there were boisterous and made a lot of noise, and it was still a good atmosphere, I thought. So... Um, all's well that ends well there. Uh, the one championship, ironically, that wasn't at Holt Arena or the Kibbe Dome was the one championship that involved the Treasure Valley team, Logan. It was held at Albertson Stadium at BSU on Friday night. Hillcrest and Bishop Kelly. This turned out to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, phenomenal game. The ending, whether you agree with it or not, was a wild ride. And I don't know if I fully I, – I, so it's funny. I was walking around taking pictures and videos at one of the games at Holt at the time. It was ending. So I was listening to Lucas and Ryan called the end of the game. And uh, I, I, I got to say, if I was Bishop Kelly and I happened to lose with the way that ended, I would have been a little upset. Um, I, I mean, we could talk about that in a little bit, the way that it went down to the wire. But, uh, um, yeah, it was a great game, good finish. And this, you know, definitely got the best. I feel like all classifications, we got the best two teams left. Um, whether it was a blowout or not, I think we got the best teams that were there. And this one clearly showed it. Yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and let's just tackle the elephant in the room here. Uh, a week ago on this prep cast, I came in and predicted a Hillcrest win and not even like a tight win. I thought, you know, I thought Hillcrest was going to come in and really establish themselves. And... uh I'm I'm sure you saw some. Uh, it, we got we got all these comments on <laughs> on Instagram and stuff, and we got there was Bishop Kelly players and fans posting like, uh, "Hey, don't doubt us, Idaho Sports." And I was responding, I was like, "Hey, that was Brandon. That wasn't me. I picked you guys. I was I made sure to let them know that it was Brandon and it wasn't me." But it's hilarious if you go look at the comments. There's some that just say. Brandon Bainey, Brandon Bainey, Brandon Bainey. Uh, you, you, I think you might have given him a little, uh, little bulletin board material, Brandon. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I was on their side from the get go. I, I'm not the villain here. You are. I'm, I'm glad to assist any way I can. What's, what do I say? <laughs> the number one rule is, you know, we, we want to have fun and we pick the games. And if we're wrong, we got to come back and wear it. So BK Nation, yeah. let me have it. I was totally wrong. You guys came through and delivered in, in a big way. And really, again, it was the defense, I thought, that really set the tone, um, especially with a, cu a couple of key takeaways. 
Um, they had for the second week in a row a pick six, an interception that was returned for a touchdown, and of course the steady running of Peter Minert, our Idaho Sports.com player of the game, 168 yeah. yards and three touchdowns rushing. Um, but Sam Nell was the was the defender who returned an interception. He took it back 23 yards for a score. So BK always led in this game. It was eight nothing, and then it was 15 to six at halftime, and then it was 15 to 12. Uh, but then BK led 22 to 12 going into the fourth and they were up 29, 19 and then Hillcrest kind of slowly started making this comeback. And we're thinking, Oh man, is Hillcrest going to do it? They had their starting quarterback, Peyton King. He played in the first half. Didn't really play in the second half. I think he was still pretty banged up with the entry. The backup QB comes in Tyson Sweetwood. He's moving them up and down the field. BK's trying to churn out yardage and run out the clock, but they're leaving that door cracked open for Hillcrest. And it all comes down to the final possession. The Hillcrest Knights drive deep into Bishop Kelly territory, Logan. And then what happens? Yeah. So the way I heard it, um, there was a, a defensive stop by Bishop Kelly the clock hit zero. Uh, you know, the team comes out and celebrates. They get a flag. They get two flags. So 30 yards, they get a taunting penalty uh, on the defense for, you know, for the actual stop. And then they get unsportsmanlike conduct for the team piling onto the field. And uh, Brandon, I, I, in the heat of the, this is very, and it's funny, it involves Hillcrest too. You look back at the 4A state basketball championship last year, Isaac Davis got a technical foul with three seconds left in that game for slamming it home with three seconds. Give the man a break. He just won a state championship. He just slammed it home. The, the building was packed. That is – come on. Like That is just so – I I know we shouldn't be over here bashing what's going on, but that was a tic-tac technical foul on him. He get That was his second of the game. He's out. You, get, you know, that's how you end the game. The game was over. Stop it. This game was done. Like and and they they add on a second because I guess they they call that that taunting penalty right. So they they the, I guess the taunt taunt I say air quotes happened before the clock hit zero and so they I don't know that's my opinion on it, Brandon. So anyways, they go down they they move it to the ten yard line. Bishop Kelly is now all of a sudden has to come out for one more play after they just thought they won a state championship. Hillcrest decides to kick it and the, the attempt goes wide, right. And and that's a whole other thing. I don't know why you've got Isaac Davis out there. Why don't you just like, just, just lob it in the air and see if he can jump over everybody on earth and catch it. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought the game was over on the defensive play. So it, I, in my opinion, it's good that it worked out the way it did because I would be very upset if I was a Bishop Kelly player or fan or whatever, if, if somehow we, they lost that game again, no dog in this fight at all, but just from a, from my perspective, that game was done. I mean, sugar Salem was cheering. They were all, they had a huddle on the field cheering before the clocks hit zero. It was 20 seconds left and they were out there cheering and Teton was shaking their hands. It's like, it seemed like it was done, so I'm not sure why they would go and obviously, you know, I, I mean, I guess technically, yeah, you're out there a little early, but look, just take a step back and look at the situation. Yeah. So I, without seeing it, I, I haven't watched the game at all. I like you was listening and uh, Lucas and Ryan Luke, Lucas Gebhardt and Ryan Luke did a great job of describing the action. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. They did great. 
they were they were awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, you can't end a game on a defensive penalty. So there's always a one untimed down, basically. And and initially, I'm thinking, okay, it's a personal foul. Maybe somebody said something really egregious and really offensive, and within earshot of an official, and they had just had enough. And maybe it had been going on the whole game. And I'm like, okay. Maybe you throw the flag there, but then to throw the the flag for the sideline warning for the team coming out to celebrate. That's when I was like, okay, th- these two things don't, don't it, jive for me. It just didn't clearly, make sense. It's like, just tell them to get back. Like it's not, I just, and I get Lucas, I guess they had already had a warning earlier in the game. And so I, I can see that, but look at the situation. This wasn't like second down and 15 with eight minutes left in the second quarter. Like this was, what for many of them seem like they look at the clock, they see all zeros, they don't see the ball in play. In their mind, the game is over. So I like that's one where okay, we're gonna add we're gonna add a second back on for one final play. Everybody go back, right? But uh, I, it's in my opinion, it's good it worked out the way it did, you yeah. know, um, because I, I think that would have been a very sour taste in the mouth of Bishop Kelly if something were to have happened there. Um, but Brandon, you talk about the pick six, and we talked about the defense last week, and you said, you know, yeah, you you forced all these turnovers last week against Pocatello, and you know, in my in my mind, I thought, yeah, just you know, if they can force turnovers, you can win a championship. You force enough turnovers, you're going to win one. You get a defensive score in any game, that's it. You know, you just got yourself a nice step up. You gave your offense a. Uh, you spotted them seven points, right? And and if I'm looking at it correctly, looking through the, the scores and all that, this is a game that both teams scored four touchdowns. Um, just came down to uh, somebody went for two, got it. Somebody went for two, didn't, and are a couple times, and, and here we are. Um, so kind of an interesting way to you step back on it and say in the field of play, and you see this all the time in eight-man, right, where – a game will be a six point game and it's all due to two point conversions and, and you know, touchdowns are all even. So uh, this game was extremely close when you break it down like that, but it was the same amount of touchdowns. Uh, and also, I mean, the rushing yards, right. Minert had what hundred, almost 140 yards on the ground. Uh, that that's just a dominant performance and to do it in a state championship game, uh, you know, take your hat off to him. I mean, he was the bell cow back all year and really the last two years for Bishop Kelly. I'd be interested to see, I, to me, he's the 4A player of the year. I'm not sure how you could give it to anybody else besides Peter yeah. Minard, but I, I don't think you can. If you do, I, <laughs> yikes. I, I don't know who else could get it. I mean, he is just dominant. And, and, and to do it in the state championship, that's where, that's where I, can you do it? It's one thing to do it, you know, all during the year against, you know, not great competition, but then to go and do it in the state tournament like you did, uh, you know, at Boise State to win a state championship, you deserve every accolade that you could get there. Yeah, and I guess really at the end of the day, I shouldn't be too surprised by this uh, because what had Bishop Kelly's problem been in the past in the playoffs? They go up against these high-octane offenses and they're just not able to get a stop when they need it. That's what happened to them against Skyline last year. Um, But, they, you know, Tim Brennan retires, Chris Kulig jumps over from Rocky Mountain to coach this Bishop Kelly team. And what has he made his, you know, living on? It, it's defense. He is one of the best, if not the best, defensive coaches we have in Idaho right now. And so you knew he was going to get that that problem right. fixed. And so I guess looking back on it, 
Uh, again, uh, I was right or I was wrong. They were right. I'm stupid. They're smart. And uh, <laughs> gladly. Do you just have that recorded? Like, yeah, you, right. just, you should just record it so you can just play it all the time because you say it. It seems like every week, Brandon. I should, you know, it, you just, this could be like sports talk radio where I just have it queued up and, and I, yeah, just, it just click it. Boom. Let it go. I was wrong on something for sure. So yes, congratulations to Bishop Kelly. Um, it is their eighth championship in school history as well. So really nicely earned. Um, who ended up winning the pick six competition, Logan, I the Idaho sports. Sean, I think Sean won it by one. You were second and I was third. Yeah, I knew it was going to be close. I was talking to Sean earlier today on the East Idaho PrepCast. So every week, the IdahoSports.com PrepCasters, we picked six games, and we kept track of the standings all year. And uh, it came down to this final week, the championships, and everything was really bunched together tightly. And I was a game behind Sean. I finish a game behind Sean. Um, and and he went back and looked at how he and his celebrity picker did. He, it was his six-year-old son. Um, his son went 6-0, and oh, <laughs> Logan. Yeah, yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> got everything right of course right we knew it would come from the other side that's where it would come from like it wasn't yeah. going to be one of us <laughs> yeah definitely not so a six-year-old correctly predicted all the games and um we didn't so great uh <laughs> so anyways congratulations to bishop kelly 29 26 the final and uh, go celebrate bk nation um, and, and otherwise for football, Logan, that was it from the treasure Valley. So we can kind of turn the page. Yeah. Go to winter sports. So let's, let's talk basketball quickly. I mentioned, um, girls basketball previews were up on the site at idahosports.com. We also polled, uh, all of the coaches and got preseason, uh, conference polls that we'll be posting on Tuesday on idahosports.com preseason polls for every league in the state of Idaho. But quickly here's give you a little sneak peek here. Here's kind of what coaches in the treasure Valley uh, signaled in terms of teams to look out for five, a Boise overwhelming favorite. I mean, they return Avery Howell uh, who has committed to USC for women's basketball. They bring back Clark and Patrico and they got a couple of transfers in as well. That is a super team down there at Boise at the four, a level Logan, um, Bishop Kelly, uh, but it was, it was close. It was very close. BK did lose the conference player of the year and Caroline, not, and a couple of others, but they bring back some impressive post players, um, as well. And Jordan Carnell also, she was the, uh, the sixth man of the year last year. So, um, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. And then at the three, a level Logan, of course, Parma has been such a good team the past couple of years. They were picked first. They still have Riley Calkins. Who's a tremendous player. 2A was Melba. Um, Melba just beat Parma, actually, in non-conference action this weekend, um, which was an interesting outcome. 1A D1, Logan, was, is a hot mess. There's 11 teams in this league. There was like five or six teams that all got first-place votes, but Liberty Charter was the team that was picked there. And then in the long pin conference, we actually had a tie for first place between Council and Tri-Valley. And the big storyline there, Logan, is that Michaela Hart, the six foot one center for council last year, was she the state tournament MVP? I mean, she's, uh, she was, yeah. If it wasn't her, I met, it might have been Iveson, I think. Yeah. I, anyway, she was all state, all conference, you know, six foot one imposing presence. She moved to Tri Valley. 
She's playing for Tri Valley. So Oh, that, I did not realize that. Yeah. So she she played volleyball for Tri Valley this year also. Um, so th- that's kind of the big storyline there. So Council and Tri Valley were both picked uh co number ones. So, so that's a big pickup. Like literally she's good. And uh, yeah, literally, yes. Wow. I mean, it's like people forget Tri Valley, they won a state championship, what, two years, three years ago? Like they're they're not that far off of winning one on their own. So uh, that's, that's uh, that it will be an interesting storyline to follow throughout the year. And you can read all about it in our uh, long pin conference preview written by Will Henneke. He did an outstanding job with it. That's just one of the, uh, what, 30 or so previews we've got up on the site, all the conferences at idahosports.com, which, which girls basketball team are you most excited to watch this year in the Treasure Valley, Logan? I mean, it sounds cliche, right? And uh, to go high and to go big, but Boise, I mean, Avery Howell, is, she's fun to watch. Like, I think that's that's just, it is what it is. I think from that perspective that she's fun to watch and she's really good, obviously, going to play for USC. Uh, whenever we've seen her play, she just, she just tears it up. Um, and it's not often that we get to see such great, basketball players at any level in our state men's or women's basketball and and so it's a treat anytime you get to see somebody like that out there i'm curious to see how uh, middleton does with coach blackwell there she took over she took over two years ago about halfway through the season and i thought they played really well with her then somebody else was hired last year for the job they only are there for one year now she takes over full time there she's already two and oh to start off the year there at middleton they're gonna play up in your face defense and you know what they're a young team they, they didn't lose anybody from last year and so you wonder if, if they'll be able to maybe take the next step and, and compete a little more in the sic if, if their defense can get in their face again they were a, a, a young small team last year uh, but that that'll be another interesting storyline to watch as well yeah by the way. Is this, so the coaching carousel has kind of been interesting as well. So you mentioned Marianne Blackwell is now the head coach for the Middleton girls. Uh, she replaces Brad Huter, who went from notice to Middleton last year, right? For one season. Mm-hmm. He's now back at notice. He's back coaching the lady pirates. He's so Brad Huter is back to notice coaching the varsity girls there. So he returned home, which is good to see. Um, and then another big storyline at the two way level, Logan, is um, their new coach is Tara Lake, and she has been an assistant at Middleton the past couple mm-hmm. of years. And and each and all of these coaches have daughters, not Coach Huter, but Coach Blackwell has Zoe Blackwell, right? Zoe, Who's yeah. a phenomenal player. Yeah. And and Coach Tara Lake has um, a daughter, uh, Xavier Lake, um, mm-hmm. and she is really impressive and had been a sub varsity player for Middleton in that program. I had an opposing coach from the WIC tell me quote she was a handful to guard in summer league so look out for Xavier Lake at New Plymouth this year also <laughs> yeah 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 so it's gonna be you know there's a lot of good movement around the conference around some of these teams so I mean Middleton I think they only uh Nampa only scored four points on them the other night um that's and hard that to, is that's hard to do I, I know Nampa's not as strong as a team as they've been in the past, but to do that on a, on a five, a team is, and, and you know, they, they've got another Pete Robin flowers didn't play last year. And she, when she was a sophomore the year before she did really well. And 
I don't know. That's just an interesting team in my view that uh, I don't think a lot of people are talking about them that might surprise people throughout the season. Yeah. And so we should also point out Nampa. We talked about this during girls soccer season where Nampa decided to have an independent schedule and not be a part of the SSC. They are doing the same thing in, in girls basketball. They're an independent. They're not really part of the SIC this year. They're going to play some of the SIC teams, but not the, you know, not like Boise and not the Boise. Yeah. Hawaii and, and whatnot. So um, we really hope they can get things turned around. They of course were denied in their petitions down by the IHSAA earlier this year. So, um, you know, good luck to the Nampa ladies as they navigate the season. Um, so we, we talked about Melba beat Parma over the weekend. That was a big early season showdown between, you know, 2A and 3A powers. And also you had the 5A schools, Logan, Boise, Hawaii, and Mountain View. They hosted the teams from the north, Coeur d'Alene, Lake City, and Post Falls. They all came down for a little three-day set. Um, uh, Boise goes 2-1. and one. They beat post falls they beat court lane which was impressive but they lost to lake city in in the opener they played lake, yeah, lake city on city. thursday and fell they 49 to 43 they got the sweep that's yeah. impressive for them they came down and just rolled through i think a lot of people court lane obviously did what they did last year boise is also you know a top pick and then but uh, neither one of them came away unscathed over the weekend that it was lake city that was surprising to me that it was them that came away undefeated through all of these games. Yeah, so so results that are going to stand out, right? Boise uh, falls to Lake City 49-43. They turn around and beat Coeur d'Alene 53-43. They get a nice 10-point win and then a, an easier one against Post Falls. Hawaii uh, hosts Coeur d'Alene, and they fall by 14 to the Vikings, 60-46, to which nothing wrong there. Coeur d'Alene's really good, really talented. And they, they actually challenged Lake City and only lose by three, 48-45. Now, that was the third game in three days for Lake City, but it was the third game in three days for Hawaii also. And right. Hawaii um, made a huge uh, comeback and, and nearly pulled it off, but they, they fell by three. Yeah, and Hawaii is going to be another one of those teams to watch once again, right? They, they did well last year, um, and, and they're going to be right back in the thick of things again this year on the girls side i mean obviously they're going to be good on the boys side we all know that but uh for the girls they're going to be right there in the mix um and you can see it right there in that game it'll be fun to see how they do against the top tier of the league yeah uh, mikhail roy is back riley back so many of those great performers uh from hawaii a year ago but that's kind of the consensus among coaches is boise and hawaii at the top this year uh, they won't play until January, which is good. That'll give us plenty of time to um, <laughs> get ready. To prep it up. <laughs> to hype it up, I guess. That's right. Uh, you know, we did talk about, though, girls basketball starting, you know, so early. You know, Boise has already played six games, Logan. They're five and one. Crazy. I, ha- five I hate and one. that. That's like a quarter of their season already. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And, you know, it's always fun when you do those um, three games in three days. We've seen that with the boys' side a couple of times over the last few years where a team, you know, three teams from down here will go up North or three teams from up North will come down here. Uh, fun to see it getting going on the girls side as well. Yeah. And we should mention there are three schools that are coming North to play Coeur d'Alene, Lake city and post falls again um, in the first week of December, Logan. Uh, so November 30th, December 1st, December 2nd. So that's next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Eagle, 
Meridian and Rocky Mountain are all coming up north here. So, yeah, it's fun that they get all of those. Sorry, that's my one, my one year old. That's all right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they they, and and that should be fun for them. I think it's good, right? You get to see other teams, and I think look at look at football. Um, I think it helped. I think it helped Coeur d'Alene, right? They got to see teams from. They played rugby. They played Rocky Mountain during the regular season. You know, they they had seen some things outside of the league, and I like that they're doing it. I know it, it's difficult, and I'm sure there's a lot of coordinating among the three Boise schools together, right? Um, that are all going up there, and there's got to be some sort of interaction between the coaches, athletic directors, and so there's a lot more than goes into it than just a game on the schedule. I would imagine. I would imagine there's some. I would hope there's some cost sharing opportunities there that they can all piggyback off of each other on. Yeah, definitely. Maybe book one hotel, all three teams in one hotel or something. I'm sure there's enough space and they maybe get a, a deal or something. I don't know, but yeah, uh, I'm sure that's a fun trip for those kids to, to go for a weekend, almost like a state tournament type experience. Yes, for sure. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for more early season girls basketball. There are teams playing all the way up until, uh, like, like Wednesday this week, I think Logan, there's a couple of games and then, you know, Thursday, Thursday, Friday are kind of off limits. And then Saturday, you know, I think like Ridgeview and Bishop Kelly kind of get right back into it. So, yeah, you know. I even think, so my nephew, he plays basketball for Ridgeline right across the border. And we had wanted to go to, I, well, we, I say me and my brother-in-law wanted to go to Las Vegas, um, <laughs> for Chris or not Christmas Thanksgiving, because he's a big BYU fan. I'm a big NC state fan and they're both playing each other. Well, they're both playing in the tournament on Thanksgiving day. And then the next day they could play each other. So we thought that would be awesome to go do, but my nephew has, I think he might even have one on Thanksgiving like that morning. He's either got to practice Wednesday night or Thursday morning, Thursday night or something on Friday. Like they, uh, uh, high school hoops. They, they just ignore that day. It doesn't exist to them or they, they pretend that it's not a holiday, you know, maybe they give you the 12 hours in the middle of Thanksgiving day, but anything outside of that is not off limits. <laughs> yep. Well, somebody just rang my doorbell. So, so the dog, yeah, they love so my, that, don't they? yeah my dogs love that. So uh, I think that's our cue to wrap it up, Logan. <laughs> Why don't yeah, you, I mean, uh, there wasn't a ton left to go over. And, you know, this week is a very slow week, like you said, with Thanksgiving. So uh, we'll, we'll be back next time. Yeah, I was going to say, take it on home, Logan. You did great. Uh, thanks for tuning into the Treasure Valley PrepCast, everybody. Enjoy your Thanksgiving as well. If you're traveling, arrive safely. We want you back here next week as we break it all down again. Yes, dogs included, fans yeah. and dogs alike uh, can tune into the Treasure Valley PrepCast. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey. We will see you next time on IdahoSports.com.